taste and see. Matter of fact, just look at somebody and say this with me. Taste and see. Oh, you're a little bit weak on that. Say, taste and see. Listen, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Contrary to popular belief around the world, uh, He's really a good God. And when you begin to acknowledge that goodness on the inside of you, I know you're coming in with stuff on the outside, but let me just tell you something. You have come in contact with the one on the inside of this sanctuary right now. These people sitting to the right and to the left of you, they can help you and pull you through and get you up on the other side of some things. We're working some things together this morning. All right, we're getting ready to move some mountains out of the way, out of the way this morning together. And we're not talking about just pushing them. We're not talking about just climbing. So many times religion and what we've done with our mountains is we, we uh, a lot of times we don't even get to the foot of the mountain. We stay too far back from the mountain to even do anything about it. But then what happens, there's a chance that we can get to the foot of the mountain and religion has taught us to climb a mountain and climb and climb and climb and maybe, just maybe, I'll get on the other side of that mountain. I want to help you today stop climbing. When you can get, if I can get you to stop wasting all of that effort to climb and just to get to the top of a mountain and I can get you to stand back and do something with that mountain and have all that extra energy and time to do something for somebody else, it's a whole lot easier to do it that way. Whole lot easier. But let me get back to this, this thought of praise. I, I just was looking it up. It just came to my heart. Psalm 135. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord. In the courts of the house of God. Praise the Lord. For the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name. For it is pleasant. Now did he say do that at your house? In that scripture, did he say, do it at your house? No, he said, doing it in the house of the Lord. That's where you are right now. When I look at that, I understand some things start, things start to come back to me real, real quick on, some, on the subject of praise. And, and I already know that in the year 2019, we're going to be teaching a series on praise and worship because I think it's something that people falter in. Because we don't realize what's happening as you're in that praise and you come to that place of worship. The scripture says that as you are in praise, before you ever get to worship, as you are in praise, because there's a big difference in the two. As you're in praise, the scripture says that you are setting up ambushments. Actually, not you. God is setting up ambushments with angels for what the devil is trying to bring down your path that you can't even see yet. Hello, let me just tell you something. The devil's got plans for you down the road. He's got traps set up for you. He's got things around the corner to try to get you to fall and to get into those places of hiccups. And you have a, a tool, you have a, a power available you to you right now that you can step into this place. And this is not praise. When you start to understand the power of praise and its definition, and one definition is it's like tequila in your mouth. Some of you never had tequila, so you wouldn't even know what I mean. I never had tequila, so that was a joke. It was a bad one. That's how bad it was. <laughs> we used to drink till we could get to the worm. And listen to me, guys. 
Tehillah is one of the scriptures, is one of the definitions of the word praise. And when you look at that word, what it means is to give shout and a loud voice because you understand something, not just with your mental ascent, you understand something with your internal man where the authority and the power of God rests and lies in you. And that is that there are ambushments being set up for the people of the house of God. And there's a lot of things that the enemy wants to fall, us to fall into, and we don't have to. Why do you think he's trying? Hey, Charlie, good to see you. Why do you think he's trying to get you to keep your mouth shut? Because he knows that that's actually where we'll get to the end of today. But I want you to stand up with me this morning. I want you, if it's your first time here in the house of Coastal Family Church, so grateful to have you. You're trying to figure out who that, that guy up there that's just yelling. I'm Pastor Stephen, the senior pastor of the church, and I am so glad that you are here, and you just need to get to understand that I'm not usually this loud and bold about what I do. My wife holds that up in the house, but right now I am tingling with some thoughts of what's going to happen in people's lives. If you will embrace the final moment of this truth of the series that we've been in, in the mountain-moving faith. I'm tired of people. I, I refuse That's a punch point at the end of the service. Can't go there. I refuse to let the enemy keep lying to you. I get it. We got to get to a quiet place sometimes so that you can hear. But don't stay in that quiet place too long. Because the moment you get to that quiet place, I know the God that I serve will be talking to you. And he'll come alongside you with rhema very quickly uh, with a spoken word to get into your mouth so that you can change and move forward and do some things with God. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands with me this morning. Say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, say it again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thank you. I just wanted to remind you of that. Father, I'm so grateful to be in your house this morning. So glad that you were waiting for us to get here. And even for those people that slept in and were a little bit late, I'm glad you were patient and mercy with them as well. You're just good in everything that you do. And fathers, we get ready to read your scripture together as we're standing in honor of that scripture. We make much of the word this morning because it's that word, that the foundational piece that never fails outside of its power that's lying up underneath of it. And so we stand on that word and we make much of it and open up our hearts to hear it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to me as we read this morning. This has been our text throughout this whole series. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 26. Stand. Uh, sorry, I'm just reading everything. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Other translation says, have the God kind of faith. For surely, surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. And therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you don't forgive, do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Glory be to God and everybody say, Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated this morning. Let me just kind of quickly bring you up to speed. Again, if it's your first time here, so glad you're spending the morning with us. And uh, let me just let you know of a couple of things coming up here uh, uh, next week. I'm pr- really excited about this, and that's uh, People's Choice. 
uh, it's just going to be a full service of worship. That's you submitted the worship songs we will be doing. Uh, and I know how much of a challenge this could be in, in getting ready for it. The praise team is just really busting their you-know-what to get ready for it because they have chosen 22 songs that they'll be doing next Sunday, and that's a lot of work for anybody. But uh, we couldn't do everything that's submitted. I'm, man, I'm so grateful that you guys just responded to that so well through Facebook, Facebook and it was, uh, you know, I'm kind of maybe old school in, in some things and religious maybe in some areas. And I'm thinking we're going to get all those old hymns that, that I love and, and I wanted to submit. But you know what, man? It, we got it across the board. We got everything you can think of. And so make sure you come out to that. We're doing it both services. And uh, then also uh, the week after that, uh, I really want to make sure that you're aware of this. We have our teachers and uh, students that are getting ready to go back to school. And this has been our year to really just make a difference in, in here in the community. And we've been doing so well at that. And, uh, but we want to challenge them and send them off with the right steps. And so we're going to be praying over them first and second service. Uh, we have a great representation of teachers here in this house. Um, uh, we have uh, Artie Tillett, who I forgot what the title is, but he's pretty much second in command with the school system. And uh, so uh, we just play a big part in that. You play a big role in that. I know Pastor Tiffany mentioned some of the things we'll be doing as outreach. But uh, if you know the teachers and they're sitting next to you, remind them so we can do that, okay? Here about three weeks ago, we started this series called Mountain Moving Faith. And we begin to define it, and I just want to point some things out to you. When we look at the word mountain, what are we talking about? Uh, we said mountains are those things that are impossible, that you're facing right now, that there's no way in the natural that you can do anything about it. It's impossible. And the Bible says even the impossible is possible to him that will believe. So we're taking some time to produce belief and confidence in the God that you serve that is so good to help you see, okay, I want to get these mountains out of the way. Because like I said, I think so many times we stay at the foot and we never do anything with it. Or we just keep climbing and climbing and, and, and wondering, when is this thing going to be over? And that's not where you're supposed to stay. I'm just telling you. So some of the mountains that we've talked about uh, in this series has been your purpose. Listen to me, guys. God wants you to know him. And he knows that when you know him, freedom will step in. And once you start to find that freedom, you get free in God. Some very powerful things start to happen. You'll discover purpose and when you discover purpose you will make a difference in the life of other people when i understand his purpose in mountains in my life how i can get those things out of my way you will make a difference in somebody else's life and so mountains could be mental maybe you're struggling mentally uh maybe you're just tired physically uh maybe you're sick physically maybe dealing with addictions uh, all kinds of addictions today not just drugs not just just uh things like that there's there's pornography there's there's addictions some people are addicted to coffee kind of like myself i mean i love coffee but i'm not giving that one up yet but anyway decisions some of you might have some really big choices to make right now, and you need to know how, but it's some, such a mountain that you feel froze in your decision-making. Maybe it's your relationships. Uh, come on, guys. We talked about that. Relationships are, are something you're just going to have to deal with the rest of your life. As much as you want to avoid relationship, you're going to have to have relationship. And the devil wants to make sure he can get you to a place of isolation because that's where he can destroy you. So relationships are important. It's just better to have the good ones or the right ones in your path. So here we go. Job, maybe job is a struggle. Marriages, oh my, 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 my. Uh, let me qualify marriages, okay? Because if we talk about mountains, uh, your mountain might be you want to move that spouse out of your way. <laughs> Leave me. Uh, listen, uh, before you go there with me, 
You've got to be obedient to the Word and, and, and living and walking out this thing called the walk of Christianity. All right? Don't, don't go there with me beyond common sense. It's amazing how many people don't have common sense, and, and they get real weird with, super, with the supernatural, and they ignore it. The Bible has a lot to say about using common sense in your walk. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is a good and acceptable will of God. Once you find it, you've got to obey it. So here we go, and spiritual, uh, you know, you're born again, it's not a question of that, you're righteous in the sight of God. So these are mountains. And when I look at the subject of mountains and we begin to kind of dig into this, I'm going to go real fast. Mountains are something that, that we want to move those out of the way, and we said you'll do that with the God kind of faith, because the God kind of faith works every time, every time. When you learn how to apply it, when you learn how to walk in it, and you're obedient to it, and you do the action of it. Because there's a lot to the God kind of faith. And we found out that in this series that the question comes that, uh, first of all, we said we build everything upon the Scriptures. The Word of God has to be your foundation of starting point. And then we said that but the questions can come, well, how come I don't, I don't feel like I've got enough faith to be able to move this mountain? And we've just, we defined that very quickly, very easily, that you've got more faith, you've got enough faith, you've got a measure of faith according to the Scripture. Enough to move anything. And Jesus said that all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed to move any mountain out of your life. And we define that you've got plenty of faith. It's not a matter of the amount. It might be the quality because that faith can grow in its knowledge and understanding of how it works. Hence, we've been on the course for three weeks to help you with that. And we said one of the most important things that we forget in our text, and we look down at verses 25 and 26, that one of the key factors that we kind of skip over when we're learning the subject of faith and the God kind of faith and how it works is that it's directly connected to forgiveness. <laughs> and, and when you look at the word forgiveness, and it means to let it go. And, and then I love what Hannah said last week, and she said that... that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and begins to bore into the heart of our life with a rhema on the written word. The word, there's two different types of word mentioned in Scripture, the logos and the rhema. Logos, the written. Enough power in that to do anything and everything. But sometimes it lies dormant because we're not accessing the rhema of it. And the Holy Spirit brings the written word, brings to the written word a power a revelation, an unction to get onto that word of power and to get into your heart and to get into that place where things might be held up to remove doubt out of the way. And so we said that any mountain has excavating going on, has, any, has removal of rubble and remove, excavating things that don't need to be there. And when we said that as he bores into the life and begins to put dynamite into the mountain, dynamite being a real powerful thing in the destruction of a mountain, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. And we said that relationship with the subject of letting it go is, power, is tough for all of us. Offenses and bitterness and anger and, and all of these things that we seem to embrace and hold on to. And, and uh, people do bad things to good people. It, it really happens. Do you know that? In, in marriages, good things can happen to bad people. Bad things can happen to good people. But the same principle of faith, if you apply it, will work every single time. But it will take understanding a place here. I'm going to read some phrases that um, Hannah quoted for us last week because I think it will sum us to a place where I want to talk about this power that the Holy Spirit uh, brings onto this rhema. 
Because I don't think we realize how much power that is available to you. I, I, may, I don't always. Can I be transparent? I forget how much power is available to me. I forget how much authority is backing up the power that's living in me. And it's the very thing the Holy Spirit wants to bring rhema onto the Word because there's power in the Word, but He wants to raymanize. Oh, I like that. Write that down. That's a good one. He wants to raymanize the written Word. Let me read these things to you real quick. It's so powerful. Hannah, it's so good last week. <clears throat> she made these statements. They're very powerful. Long before something happens in your life, mountain being removed, revelation has to happen in your heart. We've been, for three weeks, we've been trying to create revelation into your heart how to get rid of this mountain. But we've done that by helping you see how good God is. Letting you know you've got to own your part of this thing. Didn't like that one? Okay, we'll move right along. Relationship with Logos, the written word, opens the door to the rhema word to be deposited by the Holy Spirit into the core of the mountain of your heart. That really summed up what she said last week. But she brought something else to this. Before the miracle working power, dynamite, and dynamite, when you look at the word, certain words, you find out that, that when the word power is used in the scripture, it's, it has a definition of Greek called dunamis or dunamis, and however you want to say it, it doesn't really matter, but the definition of that matters more. It's dynamite, miracle working power. And oh, when you see this power that's in you. But, she says, before the miracle working power, the dynamite, the dunamis, dunamis, is activated or detonated in your lives, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do the daily work of creating boreholes in our heart or removing our doubts and replacing them with rhema. Romans ten seventeen. listen to it. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing. So once a week is not hearing and hearing. Once a week is hearing. There'll be no faith. Once I hear it today, guess what I have to do tomorrow? Hear. Once I hear it tomorrow, guess what I got to do the next day? Hear. Hearing and hearing is something that's an action that's continual. And if there's no hearing and hearing, there will be no faith. And without knowledge of the word, there can be no faith to move that mountain. <clears throat> hearing and hearing by the word, the word there is rhema. So here, I want to talk to you about something real quick. In John 16, 13, let me read this scripture to you. Because if we look at this word rhema and its definition of empowered word, inspired word, quickened word by the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? What, what's his role? What's he going to quicken to me? What's he going to bring truth to? The Bible says that he is the revealer of truth, not lies. Devil, the devil is the father of lies and the deceptions that are out there. Anything that's a lie, anything that deceives you, anything that brings... We like to say it around here, devil bad, God good. So Holy Spirit is God good. He's only going to bring good. He, sometimes we don't like to hear some of the good that we hear because it means an adjustment. But here's, listen to the scripture, John 16, 13, amplified version. Carson, you doing all right back there? I went way forward, okay? 
But when He, the Spirit of truth, the truth-giving Spirit, comes, He will guide you into all truth. The whole, full truth. How much truth do you want about your mountain? Just a little bit of it? I want the whole truth. How do I move the whole thing out of the way? Hmm? Don't just tell me to climb a little bit. I know, let me get to the next level and then I'll grow a little more and I'll go to another level and then eventually I'll get to the top and then it's all downhill from there. That's a deception of the enemy to keep you trapped on a mountain. Religion will love to keep you there because it sounds really good. What truth? He wants to bring to you the truth of the power of the word. But let's amplify that. The power of Logos, the written word, and the power of the rhema, the spoken word. Hebrews 4.12 For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. If something's not working I have an answer to go to. i got to get the word on it because the word will always be effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breadth of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and the joints and marrow. So the word is powerful enough to divide all three parts of you, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, alive unto God, soul needs to be renewed, your mind, your will, and the emotions. It has the power to renew it into a place where you can determine what body does. The Word will do this. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to come reveal to you, removing doubt, placing rhema on this power of Word so that you'll do something about it. I love this. The joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. All those places you think nobody knows about. Exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of the heart. I'll make two statements for you real quick. Faith is not the absence of doubt. <laughs> Faith means is the means to overcome it. It will take the word and knowledge of the word with a rhema on it to overcome the doubt. Let's talk about this word power. The dunamis, the, the dynamite miracle working power, the dynamite that's, that's, that's in the core of my mountain that we placed there last week, we placed there the week before and the week before. I'm in the core now. I'm in that spot. What am I going to do? What's going to happen here? Is there enough power within me to destroy this mountain that's in front of me? You can only look at the scriptures to be the answer for that. Because if you look at somebody, maybe your best friend, they'll just say, oh, you're weak, and they'll patty cake you and, and patty cake the weakness that you're showing. And so, uh, first of all, in Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 16, uh, if you go down to the very last verse, I'm not going to quote it all to you, but Paul is praying a prayer here for the church at Ephesus. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant, mean give freely to you, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and revelation with understanding. 
The Holy Spirit comes and begins to amplify the wisdom, the revelation, and the understanding of the Word. I want to present to you the understanding of the next truth that he says into this prayer. This is, I believe, the culmination of what he was saying, what I just quoted to you. Here's what he wants you to get an understanding of so that you'll do something with something on the inside of you called the power of God. Listen to it. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited, verse 19, sorry. So that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited, say unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power that he'll do in the mountain, his power to move my mountain. He'll do whatever he wants to do. He's got the power to do it. And, and I'm careful to say this because we, we've sing a couple songs that put a lot of faith in God doing something. And I've got to pull you away from God doing everything, getting you to trust that there's a God in you that wants to do everything. He made a way. Yeah, he made a way. He made a way in you. Surpassing greatness of his power in and for us. For us, you know what that means? To do something. For us who believe. Say, I believe. I believe. Oh, no, no, no. Come on, give me some off. I believe. I believe. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. And he goes on and explains throughout the rest of that chapter, that, those, the, this prayer that was demonstrated in the working of the raising of Christ. And when Christ was raised from the dead, you go read it, I, I don't have time. The scripture says that he placed far above all principality, power. In other words, this power is greater than any power. And this power is in you. Power and might and dominion. Nothing has dominion over you that you don't give dominion to. Dominion and any name that is named, any sickness or disease, poverty, lack, all has a name. And we're calling that name more powerful than the name that gave me a power greater than it. Ephesians 3.20 Amplified version. You okay so far? I haven't even got to where we need to be. But i got to pull you into this place where you can step into another level of moving a mountain. Now unto him who by inconsequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly Far over and above all that we dare. <laughs> I love this phrase. I've heard it many times in Christian religious. How big a boy are you? Dare the devil to do it. You don't want to do that. You'd be afraid. Huh? We're afraid. Dare. But when you understand and when you know. I don't know. I love getting around policemen when we get a call, like a fire call. I'm a volunteer fireman doing that for a little while. I love getting around those guys, especially late at night, because they're amped like crazy. They're almost obnoxious. They're so amped. If you're a policeman, I don't mean that wrong. But, 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 there's, but it's just cool to me. They're ready to pounce on something that's going to bring harm to someone. 
They got good boundaries. I get it. That's not my point. My point is, they do. Why are we not like that with the enemy, the devil? I know it's because we don't know what's behind the badge of Jesus. All right, let's move on. Far, I've got about 10 series I want to do in next year. Far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. For the past three weeks, we've been boring into your heart. We've been setting you up. Here, here, just kind of, we've prayed. We've talked to God. We've walked through the scripture. We've got you looking at your internal. We've got you thoroughly searching your heart, oh God. Or is, there, is there mistakes and things that I've opened the door that's given the door to the enemy to come into my life? Not God, the enemy of the devil. I hate this phrase. And if you say it to me, I'm going to start confronting it. All right? Because it's lazy. God is in control. And he'll do what he wants to do. There's a lot that he's not in control of because you've not given him control of it. He's given you angels to move and make things happen for you that are waiting to move on your word and they haven't heard a word from you yet because you're waiting for God that's behind them to do something. He's already, he's already positioned them. They don't have to hear God say, go do. They, he's positioned them to move upon what you say. I'll give you scripture later. Anyway, we need to move on because I need to get to this spot. So we've preached, we've taught, we've brought you to a place, we've got you looking eternally, we've got you understanding Logos and the written and, 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 and the rhema, we've got you understanding that the power of the Holy Ghost wants to come on to you. You need to make some personal adjustments and obey the scriptures and use some common sense in your walk and, and, and order your behavior based upon what the scriptures say. You want to be blessed and prosper, but you're not a giver. You, you, want to, you want to have health, but you eat ho-hos and bonbons all day long and do no exercise. And you're moving that mountain of, of physical, trying to get it out of the way, but it ain't going to go out of the way until you stop. So there's a natural side to faith. We don't want to ignore it because, listen to me, faith is not denial of reality. Faith doesn't deny reality. It's acknowledging, I've got a mountain in front of me, and it's big, but some of it just might mean personal adjustment. Let's go back to where we need to be. Hallelujah. Here's where this mountain thing doesn't work for people. They never, there's a chance that we have a tendency at times to not follow through with the final step. I, I get to here, and all I can see is it. I'm trying to climb, and I'm weak. I'm blaming everybody else for where I am and what I'm doing, blaming somebody else for where I am. And all along, I wonder. If it wasn't really the people that were at fault, I wonder if it's what we were at fault and not doing or what we were doing. Go back to Mark chapter 11, 22 and 23. Here's our text. I want to, uh, I want to ignite. I got a firecracker to put in here, but I'm afraid to do it because it would be way crazy too loud. I'm, seriously, I'm not joking. I got one right here. Come on. Come on. 
So if you got kids and babies, it's going off. I'm just letting you know. I got a jug of water and I got a spray bottle if I catch something on fire. And I have no smoke, uh, no smoke detectors. I have no fire system. So I'm just letting you know. Listen, Mark chapter 11, 22 through 23. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, the God kind of faith. We've been walking our way up this scripture. We started with internal looking at our heart. We started talking to God and we started praying and we started going to him with, with this, this thing that I'm dealing with. And now we're at the meat of what, this is where most people stop in the middle here, back up and never go to the punchline of what's going to move that thing out of your way. Listen to what it says. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I want to make this point real quick. It's in the scripture. I'm not making this up. This will work for whoever on whatever. It'll hit the mental purpose, physical decision, addiction, relationship, spiritual marriage, job. It'll hit it all. Faith, I got to make this statement. Faith lies dormant unless a demand is put on it. Don't ask God to put a demand on your faith because he's already at the banister of heaven putting a demand on it. That's why he sent Jesus. James 2, 17, Amplified Version. So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, inoperative and dead. So how do I put a demand on this faith? It's simple, with the words that you speak. Three things that will affect your future. Number one, your faith. You got that. We've talked about it. Number two, the devil. The last time I checked, we just read, where is he? He's under your feet. He has no right, no authority to your life unless you give it to him. Number three, your words will affect the future and probably have a lot to do with where you are right now. If you don't like where you are right now, I guarantee you by the end of today, you'll learn that I need to begin to change what I'm saying because what am I giving life to? Matthew 12, 36 through 37, in case you're not sure that I'm scriptural. But I tell you the men that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted. Everybody say Jesus. Thank God. You're acquitted. <laughs> and by your words you will be condemned. There's so much authority behind the words that you speak. You know, I'm always cringing with the explicative here and explicative that and explicative there and the D word here and the F word here. And if men could realize what they are doing when they use the D word, they're setting the course of their future for them and their family with that word. When you use the F word, it's a, what is it? It's a word of derogatory saying, this, F this. And you're setting yourself up for F this from the enemy. Because you don't care enough about life to understand how much authority that you have in the words that you say and has given him every open door to your life. So you might just want to change some of the explicatives that we, I, I, you know what's amazing to me? Oh, wow. You know what's amazing to me? How many Christians justify the use? Well, I was just mad yesterday. My wife cussed about three years ago. I never heard her cuss before, and she said the word in the parking lot, and I went, (gasps) I made her so mad. Yeah, I was the culprit. She was the weak one. (laughs) 
Luke 17, 5 through 6. We've got to move right along. We've got to do something here. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and His power. He's connecting this to the above scriptures that forgiveness is connected to what I'm saying. He says, and the Lord said, if you confident, abiding faith in God, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say, you could command to the mulberry tree, which was very strong in its roots, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea. And if the request was in agreement with the will of God, it would have to obey you. Some of the largest mountains in the world are below the surface. Matter of fact, the largest mountain is below the surface. I'm making it very clear to you that roots are in our lives. I get it. They are so deep. The only way you're going to pull those roots up is to begin to change what you say. And it has to obey you. Can I just say this? Your mountain, look at somebody say this. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. If it's not, it's talking back to you. I guarantee you, very loud. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Oh, the message is much better. Proverbs 18, 21. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. James 3, 3 through 6. I've got to read this whole thing. I know we don't like a lot. I got 15 scriptures for you today. So go tell everybody he's got 15 scriptures. I got them counted. But you're filling your head and your mouth with so many other things. I wanted to give you something to fill it with instead of what you're filling it with. Because it's the only way this mountain's going out of the way. James 3. Dr. James is called. He's not easy to listen to or read. Because he's tough. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls a whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. And how well do we know that? A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do just that. By our speech, we can ruin the world turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. (laughs) Hebrews 10, 23. I want you to see something, guys. I don't have time to go into much deeper than this. But if I want this mountain to come out of my way, if I want to remove it, if, I, if it's going to go, if it's going to stop, I've got to move beyond this middle ground where I'm continuing to stay, and there's got to be something coming out of your mouth, and it has to be filled with the Scriptures and the Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Hold fast to the confession of your faith of saying the same thing that God says about you. And so let me move right along to the next scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We use this in the middle of the scripture. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Here's what I wanted to say to you. Man, I absolutely refuse to bow my knee of confession to the enemy. You've got to get that fight in you like Timothy was told. Fight the good fight of faith with a good confession. It will be the only way to violently destroy this mountain out of your life. Now listen to me. We spent a whole week. You can stand up with me right now. I'm afraid to put this in there right now because it will just trip you out. 
But I want you to see something. We've been born into your heart. We've been getting you to a place where you can come to this place for what I want to read this for whatever is born of God is victorious over the world and this is the victory that overconquers that conquers the world and it is your confession if you don't like where my purpose is change your confession find out what God says about it the only way you're going to ignite the fuel of the word is going to be with your confession the only way you're going to have enough dynamite, miracle-working power to move that mountain out of your life is you're going to have to change what you're saying about the mountain that is there. How much are you decreeing the mountain? How much are you decreeing what the, God, what the Bible says about that mountain? I've got some confessions I want to put up on the screen with you tonight or today. And I'm not going to say these confessions. I want you to lead yourself in them because they will take you to a place where you can begin to see what we've already put into your heart, what we've already ruled into your life of the subject of mountain moving faith. You want to move mountains out of your life? Start changing what you are saying. I just love it. Are you going to refuse to bow your confession to the trials and the wittiness of the enemy trying to destroy your life, all the mistakes that you've made, all the mess-ups you made, and waller in that and stay in that place. If you don't like where you are, you need to start saying something that's going to take you to a different place. So here's something to say. Put it up there, Carson. Say it with me. I am victorious in life. I'm more than a conqueror. I am a world overcomer. I'm a mountain destroyer. Come on. I have the favor of God surrounding me. I have the mind of Christ. I'm a believer and not a doubter. Come on. Woo! No weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm in the perfect will of God. I hold fast to my confession of faith. Sing it with us. I love you. We'll see you next week.